Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. This Good Friday we have Christine Gershom sharing God's word with us on the hope we have in the crucified Christ. Everything that happened on that first Good Friday so long ago cast shadows of hope on all those who stood around the dying Jesus. While it looked and felt like the end, it was actually the beginning of something unimaginably precious. Today, we pray that as you listen to the word, you would once more fix your hope on a suffering yet victorious savior. Hi church, what a joy it is to share God's word with you today as it's Good Friday. It really is a good Friday. And today I'm going to be talking to you about the hope that we have in the crucified Jesus in the crucified Christ and I believe that um it's not over that's the word for each one of us that your life is not over my life is not over we still have so much to do so much to know of God uh, the best is really just around the corner and I believe that hope keeps the dream alive and that's what I want to share with you today I want to encourage you that it's not over that we still have hope because of the crucified Christ so of course good friday historically is a dark day it's it's um been a time when you know it was known for for the death of someone who's actually impacting the world uh, for a season but for those of us who know jesus personally we know that that was the day the equation between light and dark uh, good and bad god and man changed forever nothing stayed the same and there were so many things that happened on that particular day as jesus hung on that cross as jesus breathed his last there were so many things that happened that just changed the way we viewed god the things that changed our relationship with god forever the temple curtain tore there was no longer a need for a mediator like a high priest who would stand in between the common man and god now we had direct access to the father through jesus the wounds that were opened up on jesus's back his body by those soldiers every one of those wounds the blood that poured out of it by those wounds we find our healing today the cross that he carried the suffering that he endured um this that when he carried the sins of the world on his shoulder and endured the loneliness and the suffering the separation from god today brought brings us reconciliation with god he was so misunderstood he was misrepresented but in the process he helped us understand god better he helped us understand the father's heart better for us so nothing was wasted on that day if you were thinking well i don't know why we are even talking about anything on this day well nothing was wasted that day changed everything and so the cross and the tomb were not the end they were in fact just the beginning And so maybe today you are feeling like you've come to the end of that road. You cannot see what's next. You don't know whether to put your foot forward or whether to wait. Maybe dreams have been shattered. Maybe you've just gotten bad news and you don't know what to do next. I have news for you that when Jesus is front and center of your life, when Jesus is at the center, hope is never absent that he is worth putting your hope in. So faith is the trust that we have in this God. You know, faith is what our belief in him. but hope is the expectation that we have in this very god and for us those of us who know jesus we know that on this day he accomplished something on our behalf which we could never have done and because of that that is reason enough for us to put our hope in him if 
if I had to compare the Christian journey, um, to, you know, if I have to give you an analogy, this is what I would think of. Think of a boat. Okay. Faith is the engine of that boat. It's what keeps it moving. Because remember the scriptures say, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So that's what keeps the boat running. Love is the rudder. It's the thing that steers the ship. Because you remember Christ's love compels us, Paul says, actually moves us to do certain things and say certain things and live a certain way. And so love keeps us moving. It directs us like that rudder. Now hope is the anchor. And anchor is so important for a boat because without it, it would drift in a calm sea. It could completely overturn in a rough sea. The anchor is all important. And just like it says in Hebrews that uh, we have a sure and steadfast anchor for the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain, which is Jesus. And so today, if you had to just put this down for yourself, faith, hope and love. Of course, the greatest of these is love, but hope is a vital ingredient to our walk with Jesus. And why, if you ask me, why is hope so important? Why do I need to have a hope? Why do I need to keep hope alive? Well, hope keeps the dream alive instead of letting it waste away. Hope keeps a steady momentum. When you are tempted to just sit back, put everything on halt, it helps you take the next step forward. Hope keeps your heart anchored when the storms of life hit you. We can do nothing without a hope in Jesus, without an expectation and an anticipation of what he's going to do because of what he has already done. Today, we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 1 and we're going to be looking at it and understanding a little bit more about what this hope looks like for each of us. It's going to look different based on each of our circumstances, but the word of God is sure in this that in Jesus we have hope. And so let's read Ephesians 1 verses 16 to 18. This is what it says. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I always pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may grant you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation that gives you a deep and personal and intimate insight into the true knowledge of him. For we know the Father through the Son. And I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center and core of your being, may be enlightened flooded with light by the Holy Spirit so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. When we look at Ephesians 1, at this chapter, and if you read, if you have time today or maybe tomorrow um, as you prepare for Easter, if you could read the whole of Ephesians chapter 1, nothing like it, it will give you in a nutshell what the gospel looks like um, and how the crucifixion fits like a puzzle piece into that. And so from Ephesians 1, what I saw about hope was that there are two kinds of things that we get from Jesus. When we hope, put our hope in Jesus, we first of all get hope revealed. And the second thing is we have hope restored. What does hope revealed look like? You think about the disciples, think about Jesus' mother. They're standing there. It feels like the end of an era. The one they love, Mary's son, the disciples' beloved leader, they're watching this scene unfold. The, the person they had left everything for is now hanging up there. And it probably looked like they didn't understand what was happening. In fact, they had no revelation of how this was going to play out, how this was going to pan out. Yes, Jesus had told them multiple times, I'm going to be, I'm going to be tortured. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to die and then I'm going to uh, rise again. 
but they didn't put the pieces together they didn't have the help of the holy spirit who would reveal to them that hey don't lose hope there's something up ahead something great is coming so that day must have been so dismal for them and a lot of us today are living like that we know who jesus is we probably are in in a touch and go relationship with him but we have not gone deeper we have not delved deeper to find out what this hope that he presents to me actually is is he worth anticipating anything from can i have an expectation of this god well you can but you and i would only know that if we draw closer to the source of hope i want us to read verse 17 of ephesians 1 again it's in the passion translation it says i pray that the father of glory the god of our lord jesus christ would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him and this is something that we repeat again and again at church where it there's this, this is a season when each of us independently need to deepen our intimacy with him it is in coming in contact with the source of all hope that we will actually live with hope and in in that process will hope be revealed to us as we get to know it a little bit more a little bit more we start unraveling and unpacking what this hope looks like it's beautiful because jesus is the sole source of hope and the holy spirit's major aim in life is to actually help us understand the hope that we have in him So once we start to know God better I start to look at life with a better hope because I know that there is something worth expecting of this God And if you look at Ephesians 1 it actually goes on to explain why we can confidently put our hope in this Jesus It goes on to say how we have access to every spiritual blessing so you and I are actually so blessed we are spiritually rich we live so often as if we are stuck in poverty we have a poverty spiritual poverty mindset we don't realize that every spiritual blessing is ours in Christ Jesus Ephesians 1 also talks about how each of us have been made holy and washed by his blood that we are now redeemed and forgiven imagine that we sometimes just walk around in life having this yoke of just putting ourselves through this place of i'm i'm worthless no one can save me i messed up again but hey can i remind you today that in jesus when you repent when you come to him he forgives you he redeems you he makes you holy because of his blood that was shed we also find in that chapter that we are adopted into his family because of his great love imagine we are no longer outside of the kingdom but we're brought into the family we are loved we are accepted we have access that is one of the reasons why we can greatly put our hope in this god because we are now part of the family and of course it also talks about something called super abundant grace which has been poured out over our lives so you and i are graced for everything once we get into the family of god we are graced for everything that we are called to do super abundant grace we are favored God gives us gifts through the Holy Spirit gifts of administration gifts of hospitality gifts of speaking and teaching gifts of actually loving people all of that is because of the great hope we have in Jesus he is worth us putting our trust in him so today the problem is though that so often we are looking for hope in all the wrong places hope like i said the source of all hope and the culmination of all hope is Jesus himself but yet we look all over the place for it we want 
to expect something to change. We have desires, we have anticipations, but we are not anticipating it of God. Instead, we put that anticipation on our spouse. We put that anticipation on our children. We put it on our career. We put it on a neighbor. We put it on a friend. And it's time that we stopped doing that. Maybe your marriage isn't doing it for you. So you've been looking outside of your marriage. Can I urge you that you would turn your anticipation and your expectation back to God? Because if you look outside your marriage, that kind of hope will degrade and deplete you permanently. Maybe you're looking at your spouse and children to, to you know, fulfill every desire that will leave you disappointed. Maybe you've been looking at social media for that quick fix. I'm sorry to say it will waste your time. Maybe you've been looking at your friendships with, with this understanding of maybe that will bring me hope. Maybe they will give me all that I need. Friends will let you down. Maybe you've been looking for it in your career climb, in your career pathway. Your ambitions are good, but then you feel like, you know, as you achieve one milestone, you, you can keep pushing forward and achieving another one and another one. And that will give you hope. Can I tell you this, that it will crush your soul and it will break your body in the process. The one source of hope, the one source of hope who will not destroy you in the process, who will not disappoint you in the process is Jesus himself. He is the be all and the end all of our hope. I love this particular passage, which is something that I've claimed in different seasons of my life. And I want to share that with you today from the Passion Translation. This is what it says. Now may God, the fountain of hope, fill you to overflowing with uncontainable joy and perfect peace as you trust in him. And may the power of the Holy Spirit continually surround your life with his superabundance until you radiate with hope. I remember that I got this promise for me when I was expecting my daughter. And I remember um, feeling hopeless because I'd had a miscarriage just before her and I was petrified that I would lose her as well. And I remember in the first few months, um, I was, they had just, you know, told me you had to stay on bed rest. I was getting injections um, to prevent another miscarriage. I was so exhausted all of the time. And yet I was feeling so, um, you know, caught up in just being, trying to preserve this child. And I remember in the third month talking to God and saying, I can't do this for nine months, Lord. How can I stay put in the bed when I have another child, a three-year-old? Uh, my husband needs me. How am I going to do this? And I feel scared all the time. I feel worried all the time. And my doctor thinks I should put my hope in her and the medication she's giving me. But I decided to pivot on that and look back to God. And I said, if you have given me this child, you need to give me a promise that she will be, he or she will be all right. And this was the promise that he gave me. And as I noted it down, all I remember it saying was it didn't actually have something that I could, you know, affirmatively say this something great is going to come out of it. No, it just required me to go to the fountain of hope and trust that he would fill me with joy and peace as I trusted in him. And for the next six months or so, I remember resting in this promise. Every time fear rose up, every time I had a pain, or every time I had a setback, I remember resting in this promise of saying, Lord, you have said I will radiate with hope. You said I will ooze out with hope, so I'm going to hold on to that. And it carried me through that season. Whatever your season is today, maybe you've been looking at all the wrong sources. It's never too late. Come back to the fountain of hope, the fountainhead, the one who will fill you with all hope. I was recently reading a tweet that Tim Keller, the author and the speaker, had um, put out uh, in response to questions about his health. And this is what he tweeted. And I hope it resonates with someone today. He says, I have stage four pancreatic cancer. 
but it is endlessly comforting to have a God who is both infinitely more wise and more loving than I am. He has plenty of good reasons for everything he does and allows that I cannot know and therein is my hope and strength. He can confidently tweet something like this because of knowing Jesus intimately and walking with him for many years. And I pray that you will discover the hope that you have in God when you come to the source of all hope. Stop looking in all the other spaces you've been looking at. Come back to Jesus. Come back to Jesus. The second thing that I believe from this passage that we saw about hope is that in the crucified Christ, we have hope restored. Isn't the word restored such an encouraging word? And you know, so often in in the modern times we live in, we always associate restored with an outcome. So if something is restored, old furniture is restored, it becomes better. Or you restore an old uh, piece of cloth, you upcycle it, you make it something different, but it still looks good, it's still usable. So we have an idea for the outcome. But the beautiful thing about Jesus when he restores, this living God, when he restores us, it looks so different from what we envision for ourselves. Think about this. These disciples had given up everything for Jesus. He said, come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Tax collectors followed him. Uh, There were so many teachers of the law who were secretly following him. And yet on that day on the hill at Golgotha, they were looking at him and thinking, what have we put our hope in? He told us to follow him. He told us that he's, you know, the resurrection and life. And here he is looking pretty dead. Their hopes must have been shattered. Peter had already denied him. And yet here he stood. Look, he was probably ashamed and yet thinking, what did I just give up? The, the apostles that he that were loved deeply, John, standing there with Jesus's mother, being asked to look after Jesus' mother after his death. But at the back of his mind, don't you think he must have been wondering, God, what's going on? Three years, we gave you our lives and you imparted so much to us. But what now? And maybe you're feeling like that. Maybe you feel like you've lost direction. Maybe you feel like you thought this marriage was forever and you're just devastated at where it's left you. Maybe you thought your children will carry your legacy, but that's not happening. Maybe your health, you got a report that has shocked you and you're thinking, God, where now? What now? I want you to understand this, that all, every human, every one of us will face disappointment, rejection, loss, accusations, despairing moments, we will face it. But the beautiful thing is that even from those ashes, even from those charred remains, only our God the creator God, the restorer God, the sustainer God will actually bring back life from that. Only he can bring something good out of something that looks terrible. That's what restoration looks like when Jesus is in the picture. Zechariah 9 verse 12 says this, Come back to the place of safety, all you prisoners who still have hope. I promise this very day that I will repay two blessings for each of your troubles. This verse is so often, you know, we take it out of context and we say, Lord, you know, give me back, you know, double, give me back double. But actually it says, come back to the place of safety. It comes back. You have to be a prisoner who still has hope. These were the people who were in exile and he's saying, come back. They had wandered off. The Israelites had wandered off. They had said, we don't want this God. We will go after Egypt. We'll go after Assyria. And they had left. And God had allowed them to get overrun by their enemies. And now he's saying, come back. Come back to me. And today I want to ask you this. 
our god is in the business of restoration okay and sometimes our hopes have just kind of looked demolished they've looked like there's nothing left but i want to ask you today are you ready for him to restore those hopes and that will happen you know the, the interesting thing is you know we want god to you know do a restorative work in us but sometimes we are so set in our ways we're not willing to see what we need to change and so i believe today that some of the issues that really dog us the you know the problem for each of us is we have been hoping for the wrong things we have not been hoping for the things that god wants us to hope for we hope for a salary hike so that i can buy that house and that car and live like so and so or maybe i i think you know what if i get married my life is set but i need to marry someone of a particular social uh, st- you know strata and i should you know have this wedding in such a way because that sets me up for life or maybe i have been hoping that if i have that child that you know my family will stop asking me those questions they will stop putting me down and while all of our reasons to us will seem fine it might even be right there might not be anything wrong with it but i believe god wants us to go to a place of going deeper because once hope has been revealed to us once we know the source of all hope and he starts to reveal to us little by little what this hope looks like we need to come to a place of hoping for what he wishes we would hope for now what does that look like okay let me use my example my most of my adult life i've wished and hoped for a stress free life but it's never happened till today i've not had a stress free life every day has its you know ups and downs we have so much happening and stress is something that is usually present in every other week and the more i get to know jesus the more i get to walk with him and understand my realize that jesus is found in that tension that he has said cast all your anxieties on me, on me because i care for you because he knew i would face anxiety he said let me carry you carry my yoke because he knew i'll be bogged down with my yoke so he said make an exchange with me he knew what i would go through and god and jesus is found in the tension in the tension of the easy and the hard in the tension of the extremely relaxed and the extremely um you know busy day he is found in all of that i can't exclude one for the other i can't keep saying i want a stress free life no so instead what i have started asking for is lord give me the endurance and the grace to handle the stress that comes my way give me peace that passes all understanding you see what i'm saying rather than hoping for a stress free life i need to hope and pray that the peace of god will which which guards my heart and mind will continue to work and operate in my life maybe you've been asking god to do something radical in your marriage maybe you've been saying lord i think i deserve a better spouse this is not the one i think but what if god is asking you to hope instead for a marriage that actually replicates christ and his church what if he's saying ask and hope for a marriage that has love and forgiveness just intertwined in it what if we are asking you know hoping and saying you know in 10 years time i i really hope i have obedient children what if instead i actually um hope for children who are lovers of jesus children who are obedient to his voice you see what i'm saying sometimes our hopes are a bit off the mark and today i believe that when we go back to the source of our hope he'll enable us to hope in the right things hope for the right things and it is when we come back to that place it's when we start hoping for the things that matter to him for the things that he sees for you 
that this restorative hope starts to actually take sh- shape in your life you start to actually see okay you know what i've been looking at this the wrong way i've been looking at my marriage as something that i need to fix but god is the one who's going to fix it in the meantime god wants me to look inwards he wants me to see what he needs to do in my life and it's amazing what happens when our hope starts to shift and starts to get restored so then what happens you know the beautiful thing is we are able to actually look at ourselves with through the eyes of jesus himself we are able to look at our circumstances and say this is not the end yes it looks like the end but god you have something better and i don't know what to hope for but i pray you will actually shape my hopes so when we are asking for a for you know perfect health what if you start actually hoping and believing that you will have a body and a mind that exalts and honors god even in its weaknesses what if you've been having hard circumstances and you just want to have ideal circumstances because you see lord i attend church regularly i will do all the right things if my circumstances are ideal what if you were to hope for endurance and joy in the current circumstances you're finding yourself in what if you need more money you feel i'm always tight lord it's always tight at the end of the month maybe your hope should be that you'll be able to wisely steward the resources that god has placed in your life hope is therefore restored when we see the bigger picture you see what i'm saying if i'm only looking at my life through this micro you know this microscope of just oh you know what i need this if i get that increment my life is sorted but what if instead lord i want to do more lord i want to see the bigger picture and the beautiful thing about the holy spirit is he wants to reveal to us the bigger picture ephesians 1 verse 11 says Through our union with Christ we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance before we were even born he gave us our destiny that we would fulfill the plan of God who always accomplishes every purpose and plan in his heart I love this because it says who always no exceptions looks like who always accomplishes every purpose It's not like God had a 10 to-dos with my life and then he said, "Ah, oh, you know, I don't have enough time. I'll just do two of that." No, every purpose and plan in his heart. Isn't that so comforting? Isn't that so comforting? It says that he will fulfill the plan of God. And the beautiful thing is that he gave us our destiny. And so, when you have hope, when you have hope that is being restored you're able to see the bigger picture you realize that your destiny is not just confined to your job you realize that your destiny is not wrapped up in your, in your marriage your destiny is not wrapped up in your children your destiny is not wrapped up in that career goal that you have set for yourself your destiny is bigger that he has greater plans for you and so when you start to look at that hope is restored and when hope is restored you have a clearer revelation of god's calling and purpose over your life so that way why am i insisting on this why am i going on about this it's because when our hope is restored we can see barrenness in our lives and still believe that god will bring fruitfulness out of it we can see the dead end ahead of us and we can confidently look up for help when we have our options running out we can run into the arms of our father knowing that he will hold us he will carry us through it's this kind of hope it's a hope that is restored sometimes this restoration has to happen multiple times in our life many times over 
But it's in that restoration that we realize that God's not done with us yet. It's only Christ who can restore the hope that we lost. I remember when I was sick a couple of years back and I was about to be admitted to the hospital for um, a treatment for for, you know, a treatment that was going to diagnose whether I had the problem or not. I was going to leave the home with my husband for this. And my, ch- my parents were looking after our children. And I remember my, our son weeping when I was going to leave. And he said, what if you die? And I remember just saying this to him. Caleb, I don't think my life story is over yet. I believe that God has not finished writing my story. And so I'm going to come back from this. And I'm going to continue running my race. And I want you to believe that with me. That those were my words to him before I left home. And I really want to tell someone out there who's listening to this today, your life is not over. You need to know that. And it's only when you come to Jesus that you will have this inkling that your story is not over yet because he will reveal to you the hope that you find in him. The crucified Christ presents to us hope, a renewed hope, a restored hope and a revealed hope. No longer are we in the dark like those disciples who didn't know what was happening on that day. Today we know. We know that we are forgiven. We know that we are redeemed. We know that we have direct access to the Father through Jesus. We know that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. And so let's act like it. Let's behave like we are people who have hope. And also, if you're someone who's saying my hopes have been dashed, I believe that today you're going to look back into the eyes of the father and say, I know you have a destiny for me. I know my story is not yet done. I know that if I stay close to you, if I'm in union with you, you will reveal to me what that destiny is. And it's like, you know, that party game that you, I don't know if you played it as a child. When we sit in a circle and we pass this gift around and the gift is wrapped It's usually a box of chocolates or something and it's wrapped with multiple layers of wrapping paper and we play the music, the gift is passed. Every time the music stops, the child who carries the gift has to open one layer of the parcel and then it keeps going around and around till the last child opens the final packing and then you have that gift. In Jesus, in Jesus, every day when you spend time and get to know him intimately, he starts opening the gift of hope with you. He tells you, this is the hope you have in me. Yes, eternal life is there, but for your life on earth, you have hope. And it starts to, you start to unpack it. He starts to reveal it. There will be seasons when you, you open that packaging with the greatest sadness because you've lost so much. And yet he says, don't give up. I'm going to restore hope. And you keep unpacking it until the day you close your eyes and meet him face to face when you actually get the, you know, the entirety of that inheritance. But until then, can I encourage you that your hope will be rooted in an infallible God. He is unfailing. He's living. He's almighty. He's powerful. He is a God who is waiting to complete and fulfill your destiny. Every plan that he has marked out for your life He is going to accomplish it. So don't give up on your life. Don't say no one's going to care if I close my eyes today. No. The creator of the universe sees you. He has a plan for you. Maybe you've been thinking, you know what? This marriage has defined me for so long. I don't have an identity outside of it. What will I do? Can I just encourage you that your identity is in Jesus? It's not in your marriage. It's not in your children. Whoever is letting you down today, Move your hope away from them. Put your hope back in the source of all hope, the fountain of hope, Jesus himself. I believe that God wants to reveal the hope. Every single day as you lean into him, he's going to reveal his hope to you. Why should you have expectation of him? He'll reveal it to you.
he's also going to restore hope that has been lost can i pray for you today father i just thank you that you are present here that you are moving in this place i thank you that you are touching hearts and lives right now father i pray for anyone who is has been looking in all the wrong places for hope father maybe it's an addiction that they are ashamed of maybe it's a relationship that they know is damaging lord maybe it's in a very abusive situation that they are finding themselves in father i pray that today they will turn their focus back on you the fountain of all hope I pray they will rely on the fact that you will never fail them that we can confidently put our hope in you father for you are unfailing father i pray for those who have been struggling with a broken body i pray in jesus name they will be healing in their physical frame we thank you that lord by your wounds by every one of your wounds we are healed i pray for back aches to be healed I pray Lord for stomach issues to be healed. I pray O oh, Father for neurological problems to be healed. I pray Lord even the smallest of ailments that is causing someone discomfort today they will receive healing in Jesus name. Father I pray for those who are struggling with a broken mind O oh, Father. Those who are going through depression. Father I pray for every single person Father who's confused in their mind who's struggling with anxiety with panic attacks. Father I pray for those who are going through a, a, a diagnosis of bipolarism. Father if they're going through anything Father that has left them feeling shattered. Father we pray in Jesus name for a restoration of their mind. We pray that you will renew their mind from within. I pray Holy Spirit you will overhaul their mind. You will give them the mind of Christ. I pray O oh, Father God for spiritual healing in people's lives if they have backslidden if they've turned away from you that today they will come back to you the fountain of hope father i pray that people will have healing in their spirit soul and body complete and total healing in jesus name i pray oh father that where dreams have been shattered where hearts have been broken father that you will do the restorative work oh father that they will entrust themselves in your hand we thank you and we love you we thank you oh father that you don't leave us as we are that lord you carry us through we thank you that you heal us that you restore us and do amazing things in and through our lives we love you and we thank you in jesus name i pray amen amen i pray that as this week as you go into this this weekend especially of easter and and everything that it entails i pray that you will turn your heart back to jesus the source of all hope and that you will allow him to restore the hopes that you don't have anymore the hopes that you have had dashed or lost that he will help you find it and that he will restore it completely so that you can be a mighty vessel in his hands god bless you have an amazing week thanks for listening to this message we hope you were blessed to hear more messages like this make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes if you like what you are hearing consider rating us subscribing and even sharing it with friends that would really help us for more content from we are zion and to connect with us go to weazion.in remember whoever finds jesus finds life